0: Hi, this is Mark Wade, writer of Daredevil and you're listening to Longbox Heroes.
1: Hello everyone and welcome to episode 477 of Longbox Heroes. Joe and Todd joining you here. Todd? Yes, what a busy week. It has been so busy
0: that you left the lamborghini in the garage i do
1: i I even have it staring right here where it says that we are the lamborghini of comic book podcasts but but it does say at the end of the show that we're the like on the lamborghini of comic uh, of podcast network so it's a given statement by this point but uh, i'm the one who always forgets it and you don't
0: i know it's weird isn't it it's because i have the uh the garage door opener
1: that's why So
0: we can let it out.
1: You're the one who takes it out for a spin, where I'm the Mm -hmm. one who just kind of gets, I get to drive it slow in the driveway on Sundays.
0: That's right. You polish the fenders while I make it go fast.
1: (laughs) So let's get into what we have for this week, uh, which we actually have a lot of news to discuss. Uh, It would not be an episode of this podcast without one of these following things. A book from DC being late a story about whatever's going on in the world of CGC grading, and, of course, the Rob Watch. Oh, that's the trifecta right there. That is the trifecta. And we also have a discussion about how DC is going to allow you to decide on how a certain book ends. Uh, one would assume by letting it continue, but that's <laughs> neither here nor there. And uh, the passing of a underrated comic book creator. Mm-hmm. Uh, We have discussion of the conventions going on this weekend, and it is a murderer's row of conventions this weekend, some even very close to our own homes. Yes, sir. Digital sales and freebies. Uh, Freebies, I think, are done for us. we are probably at about a month since there's been any new freebies. What we read from this past week, which was Punisher Soviet number one, Family Tree number one, and Moonshine, number 13, which is kind of like a number one, since the book has been on hiatus for a couple months. Mm-hmm. Uh, what we're looking forward to coming out this week, uh, if there's any Todd's Art Attack, they will be discussed herein. As well as the discussion, spoiler-filled, of course, of the first two episodes of The Mandalorian. Which was, I guess, what they turned Turbo Teen into. I was really confused in watching the show, but we'll talk about that a little bit later in the uh discussion of that
0: i think it was when turbo Team crashed into doc brown
1: mm, there you go so uh, let's start it off with this um comic book artist uh extraordinaire in the 80s and 90s primarily uh tom lyle passed away uh he uh about a month or so ago had an aneurysm and was under hospice care and things were kind of touch and go so folks knew this was coming sadly um but he uh you know was an underrated you know unheralded artist unfortunately of the 90s had a very similar style to your mark bagley's and stuff as he would be in a lot of uh spider-man books and you know He was co-creator of at least the design of Stephanie Brown's spoiler and the Ben Riley Scarlet Spider. Um, You know, he was one of the artists in my heyday of really hammering on Spider-Man comics. That was during the Maximum Clonage days, uh, Maximum Carnage, all that sort of stuff. So he was right there alongside those heavy hitters on those Spider-Man books. And uh, it's sad to see anyone, you know, pass away. And uh, yes. I just wanted to mention it here as of the recording of this episode, he had, uh, you know, was officially proclaimed deceased.
0: Right. I was never the Spider-Man guy that you were. So I don't remember from there. The thing that I really remember him and liked him from was that that Robin, the Tim Drake Robin miniseries. Yeah, that was where I mean, I that's what my was my introduction to the new Robin and I loved it. It was great. It was well written and you know, I liked his art on it. So that's that's my Tom Lyle.
1: Right. So uh he will be missed. Go check out a lot of his uh a lot of his stuff that he did and you'll see. Um while it may not be stuff that knocks your socks off, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. But
1: it's uh definitely really, really good stuff, I'd say. I agree. So uh, leaving our bigger stories for a little bit later on. (laughs) So the Terrifics, uh, Jeff Lemire launched book over at DC, which he is no longer on currently by the creative team of Gene Yang and Dan Mora uh, is closing out the book with issue 25 and they are doing a gimmick uh, with the book where it's kind of like a choose your own adventure sort of thing. Not anything new, um i think they marveled did a miniseries last year called you are deadpool where it was kind of like you get the four issue miniseries and you read it how you want to read it and each time that you read it it's a different story right and i guess the way that you read it is is you choose which member of the team lives or dies
0: mm-hmm.
1: now granted this is not calling a 900 number but it's <laughs> definitely an interesting gimmick to bolster sales on a book that uh you know i'm surprised has been around this long uh it was part of the books that spun out of dc metal and i think it's the only one that's left
0: yeah i i'm with you i didn't even know this book was still going on it was the you remember it was the fantastic four dc pastiche book and then shortly after they announced ff was coming back so like that kind of like stole all the thunder from this book as far as i was concerned so i you know that's kind of like it was like well i could either have you know i could either have fantastic four or you know want to be fantastic four and i think to me that's you know why i dropped the book but you know i am like i said i'm shocked at it i'm i'm literally shocked that it's still going on
1: i couldn't even remember what the other now was hawkman part of that is hawkman still going on or did hawkman start like at the beginning of metal, not one of the books that spun out of metal.
0: <sighs> no, uh, Hawkman is like 18 issues. So I don't think we were at, we were with any of those. Cause the other books were like damage was one of them. And I forget there was a name, there was a name for them all because there was, and wasn't there, uh, there was the, the one assassin who, who was really quiet. I Can't remember. She was the other one okay go ahead sorry it
1: it was the new age of heroes yep that was it okay now so you said okay so you said damage right yes and we're gonna take the terrifics off the table right there were six other books how many can you name does todd know the new age card um this is not getting a jingle because it's a (laughs) one-off
0: no i don't want a jingle um let's see so there was damage right there was oh my god what was her name i'm gonna say i know one of the other five six well we took terrifics off the table
1: that's that so with damage and terrifics out that's six other books
0: oh oh so there was oh, (laughs) oh my god and i'm not even looking this up so uh was there a war book I don't know, I'm I'm done at damage and terrific, so...
1: Okay, there was The Immortal Men.
0: Oh my, okay.
1: There was The New Challengers. Alright. There was The Curse of Brimstone.
0: Oh my god.
1: There was The Unexpected.
0: That one was completely unexpected by me. Mm -hmm.
1: Uh, There was Sideways. (sighs) Not to be confused with the wine-drinking movie starring Paul Giamatti. Mm-hmm. and then there was the silencer that was the one right that was the one you're like it's a girl and i know the name of it i could hear you thinking it you know yeah hey, I,
0: I i was you know i was lulled into a silence right
1: so uh damage made it the next furthest
0: Right, and I even remember saying back then that this was going to be your Bloodlines slash your Zero Hour. Like like Zero Hour had, had like Primal Force and Fate. And I'm trying to remember what uh, some of the other ones were. A Manhunter. And then it was like none of those made it past six or eight issues. And then it was Starman. And then like Bloodlines, you had like Arsenal and... Uh, uh i I trying to remember the uh, major bummer and like a couple other ones and then it was like oh hitman and there and uh, but i'm gonna say terrifics isn't on the level of hitman and starman give
1: or take well
0: that's even further than i thought on some of those
1: right i would have uh i, I would would've... not have uh bet money on that I... any of those books uh, would, making it that long.
0: I would have definitely bet the under on all of those books.
1: <laughs> if, if, uh, I, I would have bet that maybe some of them didn't even come out.
0: Oh, that's, Is it, well, it's not like Dan Didio, you know, wrote one of them. So, right. Maybe he did. I don't know.
1: So speaking of which, and speaking of books that are definitely going to come out,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, issue three of Harleen has been moved back two months now yes it's an oversized prestige-y format-y, whatever you want to call it mm-hmm. uh look it's only a three-issue miniseries so one would assume it is going to come out eventually uh but the fact that it is one of no less than a hundred harley quinn books that are currently <laughs> being published by dc yeah,
0: just under the black label
1: alone just under the black label alone uh, was actually supposed to come out next week and it is now uh, pushed back to the uh, last week of uh, January
0: so when, what's going to come out first that Spider-Man book or Harleen
1: now do you mean like the S- Spider-Man book at all or
0: the next issue of the Spider-Man book That uh, who what, is what it
1: uh, oh, JJ... Harleen is definitely going to come out before that Okay. Because this the sp the the JJ J. Abrams kids Spider Man book is done. Like that's never coming out again. Oh okay, you're going that route. Okay. Right. That's done. It's I, I had said I made I, I we talked about it last week. I made the prediction that that book is not it's not gonna be it's never gonna be completed. <laughs> huh. Like I think we said it was like five issues when we talked about it last week. Right. And they already moved back like to April, the fourth issue or something like crazy like that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's just never going to get finished.
0: I mean, it, they all can't be definitive uh ship dates like Doomsday Clock 12.
1: We so we're reaching up. <laughs> this came up on Twitter just the other day, mm-hmm. uh, that next week is the official 2-year anniversary of the first issue of Doomsday Clock. Right. And we will know cuz they claim that it's coming out what? December 18th? Yes. Okay, so they claim it's coming out December 18th. In two weeks' time, it should be on the early Diamond ship list. Right. So there's still two more weeks for that date to change.
0: I can't wait to be for it to be the second most uh, biggest book that I'm looking forward to after Inferior 5, whatever issue's coming out that same week. Mm, boy.
1: Uh, you know what? I'm going to actually take Inferior 5 off my pull list. I'm confident that the E-Trade is going to come out. Oh, okay. Let me... You know what, actually, while we're talking about this... Right. We talked about it last week. Let's update the list.
0: You're updating the list of what, that's on above your computer?
1: Yeah. Well, it's in, a, it's in a Doctor Doom cup on my desk.
0: Oh, okay. Good. Best. Nobody's going to mess with that. Right. It's not like it's an Azrael cup. I mean, people just walk right in
1: there and take whatever they wanted. So... No, and now see, now see that's where you're wrong. Nobody wants Azrael. So they just leave it alone. Oh, One yeah. would say it would even be more secure if it was in an Azrael cup.
0: I don't know. I know four or five street toughs could take that Azrael cup out.
1: Mhm. So, I have here this was back in January of of this year.
0: Mhm.
1: About Doomsday Clock ends in November. We're already past that, right?
0: Right. Well, we're not past it yet, but they,
1: it could ship early. There's still time. That's not happening. Right. And then next, we had that Adam Hughes collection thing. And I think right. that's still on the back burner, right? Right. Okay. And then we had from June of this past year it was a double hitter. Of Vertigo is going to be back in three years for their anniversary.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: After they canceled it ahead of schedule.
0: <laughs> right.
1: Back for anniversary. And then the J.J. J. J. Abrams Spider-Man book is never going to finish. J.J. J.
0: Abrams. Never going to get it. Never going to get it.
1: Spidey will not finish my handwriting is so bad uh i don't even recognize what i write after i write it mm. and then we had now this was from july has this changed the garth ennis hellblazer omnibus
0: omnibus omnibus i remember hellblazer omnibus
1: was in the july solicitations okay that it was supposed Uh, to come out right i'm looking at it right here says july solicitations that it's going to come out eight in april right and i said that was never coming out
0: but nobody said anything since then right
1: no no right i was just i'm just updating the list because we have to add in there um
0: what's your okay i got you the, why yeah, yeah why you mentioned it gotcha and i think it'll come out but i think they might do what they did with the uh jonah hex omnibus and cut it in half and make it a weird western tales it might just become a hard cover over an
1: omnibus okay and then it was last week where we talked about the uh, inferior five mm-hmm. going from twelve to six, right? And I think we said that it just it'll be solicit. The trade will be solicited, but never come out. Okay. Inferior five. That's been updated.
0: That's right. Back in the Doctor Doom cup, you go.
1: Back in the Doctor Doom Cup it goes. Now the Garth Ennis omnibus is still both on DC and Amazon's websites with that April solicitation the the April date. hmm uh, I say that gets cancelled.
0: Are you wrestling with a keyboard?
1: I'm trying to put the thing back in the cup. <laughs> I'll do I'll do that. I'll do that later.
0: I was gonna say.
1: We're recording a podcast. Enough shenanigans, out of you. Mm-hmm. Now, now it is time, and I'm going to have Todd take point on this because he seems to be, this seems to be his wheelhouse
0: mm-hmm. in
1: what possibly is going to become a recurring segment on the show. Who knows? And that is updates from the world of comic book grading, tentatively entitled Grading on You.
0: mm mm-hmm. uh, Yes, yeah, so this is going to be a convention... That is not by CGC, but CGCS, uh, which is, or CBCS. I get confused on that. Um, they are a company and they're going to have uh, a convention where they're going to discuss the, uh, the grading stuff like that. And they're going to have a guest, which I believe is Donny Cates.
1: Right. Donnie Cates is the, uh, first guest uh, guest of, uh, Of honor being noted here
0: right and so they're going to have witnesses on hand because he's going to be doing signings obviously stuff like that which i think this it's not so much that this convention is i think this is more i brought this to the to your attention because i think this is going to be like the the next step in conventions i'm wondering if this is actually going to maybe even sweep some comic conventions under the rug, and we're going to get like a CGC version of this. And it's going to draw in the big names where they can sign, uh, conve- uh do signings at the show, and then you're going to already have witnesses at the show. And you're, you're so you could uh verify them, and people could charge for their signatures. It's all going to be in house, if you know what I mean. And that's going to be the next phase of these, of these comic cons and may affect some of the smaller comic cons. I mean, obviously I don't think New York or like Baltimore, San Diego, stuff like that are going to be affected, but I could see these taking off and, you know, putting it, putting some damage in some of the other cons because people do love their, their CGC and and other stuff. Their, their signature verified uh, slabbed comics. And I'm, I'm shocked that we never saw this or even like you know thought about it but here we go. So I I don't know I'm not happy about it because I think it is going to do that but and it's CBCS grading. That was the name of the company. Um so do you have any thoughts on it Joe?
1: Well, as I look at the prize packet with this, of course, uh is uh whatever the price of the admission is, it includes grading for 25 books, hotel, a gift bag and access to the private trading event. Ooh. So I ask, maybe I put this out into the ether to folks, uh, who do CGC. Maybe you're a listener to the show and you do CGC your books. Um, we now have, you know, and there's other folks that do this. Is CBCS now going to be your preferred thing if they continue to do things like this? Are events like this going to be enough to sway you away from CGC? Is CBCS or some other outfit going to come along and say, hey, we'll regrade your CGC books, give you a new CBCS or whomever sticker to put on your books to kind of, you know, like what happens if in the great Monday, Wednesday Night Wars era of grading, Mm -hmm. CGC goes down, they lose. (sighs) Do all of your CGC books now, are they worthless?
0: See, I think CBCS is the mud graders of the grading companies. But, no, I really don't think that they are going to unseat CGC because what will happen is, you know, they they got their foot in the door first with this expo. CGC will just do it bigger and better, and that will keep them. And I don't think anybody would – Unless they, you know, there's some shenanigans that go on where CBCS goes, I'm going to take your certified CBG- CGC books, unslab them and give them our sticker and maybe get another signature on it. And they're verified as signatures. I don't think that'll fly in, you know, in the, in with fans and stuff like that because it won't become trustworthy. I do believe there are, you know, camps. They're devoted to, to certain, and CGC is bigger. But I don't, I don't know. I don't see them unseating CGC. I think there CGC's the like as we joke, like the Kleenex, or the uh, like when they say when the product becomes the name of this company, like Google. Like you don't go, like you say Duck Duck Go, but everybody Google. You have it created. You're gonna have it CGC. Doesn't matter what company you get it from. Until that, like, it's going to be a long time before that gets dethroned. Mm-hmm. If you get my meaning.
1: I do. And, and this is just going to make the... I'm just saying the fact that a company is making such a big move. And I feel this is a big move that they're making, right? It is. And I just learned today that there's also, I guess, a... Gra- there's grading for everything. Yes. V- there's video game grading as well. Like, if you have old games that are sealed... Mm -hmm. I guess there was a controversy recently where a copy of the original SNES, or the, I'm sorry, the original NES, Super Mario Brothers, still sealed, was sold for $100,000. Right. And then it was flipped on Pawn Stars for $300,000. Wow. Right. So, and it's like a new company that just started doing this, and they're kind of the CGC of the video game world.
0: I just saw uh, was brought to my attention by uh by uh Josh was that now CGC or whatever company is getting into old concert posters. Okay. Like like I was just like okay like I, what I mean by concert posters maybe like the the bills, you know what I mean like whatever they put up. So I don't it everything in the end I, gra- I don't know when grading became a business. Oh boy. But I just look at it as it's, it's on its way. What do you have? Look around your room. What, what is going to be graded? I want to know, is this post-it notes that I'm going to have? Can I get those graded? Could I get this, this flash drive or jump drive, whatever you call it? Can I get that CGC seed or graded? Can I get my pocket knife graded? I don't know. It just seems like we're on that road to be like, if you collect it, it can be graded.
1: I'd like to read my comic books. They're not
0: for reading,
1: Joe. I guess. They're for collectins. And I do collect them. But I... I, There's an excessiveness and obsessiveness to collecting that even at my most OCD, I don't think I ever went this far. Like, I have things catalogued. I have things in alphabetical order. I have things in date order, number order. And... I feel as though sometimes even that's too
0: much. And I'm even less than you. I mean, I have my stuff in, uh, what do you like that? uh, That comic uh, order organization website that we have. I can find everything. Everything's not in alphabetical order, but everything's together. If it's a run, it's in a box together. But I I remember the, I remember the exact moment and I wasn't crazy about like, you know, I had, I, I had to collect everything and I had to do this and I had to do that. I remember the moment that I went, you know what, if I don't have a, other than a complete run that I, I don't I'm not the completest was mm-hmm. I remember it was Flash Rebirth and they had Ethan Van Scriver covers that I really liked. And I got about halfway through the run of uh, Flash Rebirth and I went, I don't need I don't I, what am I doing? I don't right. need like if I'm buying these variant covers for 20 bucks, that's six, seven comic books that I can't get. Yep. And I went. That's it. I said. Very rarely, like uh, we discussed, like that Doctor Doom number one. I like the two variant covers, but I like them. And you know what? They were cover price. Eh, that's okay. I'll buy them. There's a Jonah Hex variant, like you know when they had the the Jonah Hex one shot with a uh, Foghorn Leghorn. I'll I'll, I'll take the two, two covers, mm-hmm. but they're, they're cover price. Like unless it's something that I absolutely have to have, be like because that's in my wheelhouse. Those days of being like that obsessive are over. That being said, I do use grading. I will buy when I'm buying old books for my collection. Like when I bought, you know, like that Fantastic Four number six off of eBay, I knew what I was getting. You know what I mean? Like I could read that in reprint. I'm fine with it. If I want to crack it open, I can crack it open. But that's to me what grading is for, to buy something, not, you know, collect something, if that makes any sense.
1: It does. Um, I'm trying to think. I know there was a time where I would buy multiple covers of things. Mm-hmm. And I was never buy. I don't think I was buying like the $20 covers of things. But sometimes I would buy. Like even now, I'll look at the variant covers and I'll send the list to our local retailer and say, hey, as long as it's not some crazy price for this variant, mm-hmm. you know, give me that cover. And if he comes back and says, all of these are cool, but this one's like, you know, 15 bucks, 20 bucks, 10 bucks, even 10 bucks. You know, mm-hmm. even though there's books that are 10 bucks these days, I'm like, $10 for a $4 comic book, I'll pass. Right. But I do know the last time that I did any sort of multiple variant cover thing was with the, um, and I feel, so, the James Asmus, uh, Quantum and Woody run. Right. They did the gimmick where if you, like, paid through Valiant's website and, like, subscribed, quote-unquote. Mm-hmm you got a special variant cover that you could only like for each of those issues that you could only get directly from Valiant. Right. And it wasn't like an additional markup. It wasn't like, you know, it's a $3, it's a $3 book and you're paying whatever, like the equivalent of a five or a 10 or even a $15. It was the same price. It was just, this is the only way that you can get it. And I completely understand why they were doing it. And it was a book And a a concept that we both enjoy and we always like to check out. We had interviewed James Asmus and we were enjoying some of the stuff that he was doing on some other books at the time. So I'm like, okay, I'll double dip on this book for a good cause in the hopes to like build up a book that I really like.
0: I get you. I'm just thinking back to one that, and this was like way back. Do you remember when they were doing the Mark Wade Barry Kitson Legion of Superheroes? Yes. And they flipped it over to, like, at some point, let's just say 17 or 18. I don't remember the number. They flipped it over to Supergirl in the Legion of Superheroes. And I remember them having a variant copy. And this was how far back then. And there was an Adam Hughes, and they made a poster out of it, so you might remember, of Supergirl sitting on a, on a comet. And I loved it. And I was like, all right, I'll, I'll buy this cover to Legion of Superheroes. It was the variant. I was told at the time it was 10 bucks. And I was like, "All right, like just like it was one of those that I just thought the cover was so gorgeous that I had to have it, and I bought it, and that's like the only time that i'll I'll like and it can't be like you said like fifty bucks, like a hundred bucks like that weird unused ditko spider man seven hundred cover where it was like you know like six hundred dollars out of the gate. I'm not buying that, but in the end, I did end up flipping that uh." that legion of superheroes for like 200 bucks for some reason those adam those old adam hughes covers went crazy like those one in 50s or whatever yeah so but that's like that's my limit is i'll like 10 bucks at the most
1: yeah just trying to gauge what our limit is on these sort of things you know right yeah but if you were listening to the show and you were a cgc person is this change here uh with this new uh, this new dude on the block the cbcs is this gonna sway you uh, to start going to cbcs or are you going to you know what i mean like is your collection gonna look weird if you have cbcs books and cgc books mm-hmm.
0: you know they've been around for a while though right
1: or well, cbcs or cgc yeah. cbcs no 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 i do but i okay it's just that they're making the push now just the phrase these the
0: new kid on the block i thought maybe you thought this was them trying to get their foot in the door
1: well, i don't know they are trying, they, they've they been here for years, but they are trying to get their foot in the door.
0: Right, I look, yeah, okay, I, I'm not going to quibble over what I think getting your foot in the door means, so, but yes. <laughs> so, I look.
1: I am aware that they did not start yesterday.
0: Okay, I'm just. But, making-
1: I'm, but you have to also bear in mind that today is the first day that maybe that I've heard of them. Oh, fair, okay, that's fair enough. Okay. okay, so that's what I'm trying to get to. I know we've said before, CGC and other grading companies. They were the Professor and Marianne of grading companies until today.
0: Right, and I don't know if there's any other grading companies. I think those are the two. I'm thinking there's a third. Isn't there it's one who CPX? had like x Was that like CPX or something like that? Mm. There was a third one, which I don't think is around anymore. You got me looking up stuff, too.
1: No, no, no. I don't see CPX, but let me look now. Comic book grading. And see, this is what I don't like. I type in comic book, and the first thing that pops up is grading. PGX was the other one. PGX, and are they uh, defunct?
0: Uh, no, they still have a website, which I'm clicking. It's, it's loading slow, but they're still here. World-class proven professional comics grading experts. Mm-hmm. And they also have a pressing service. What are they years? having their convention? I don't know. Maybe. What if they? Oh, do you think we'll ever get a grading expo that has uh, PGX, CBCS, and CGC all in the same like con? That's just a grading
1: con, or do you think that's too mingling with your enemy? There's no way that one would allow the other to share the same con space. I'm sure they would set it up so that, like, they have to be a certain distance away. Now
0: that I think about it, I've never seen, like, PGX or CBCS
1: have a stand at, like, a con. They're based out of Eugene, Oregon. Mm -hmm. They are semi-active on the Twitter machine maybe we'll discuss this one off the air sometimes there's things we do for fun and there's sometimes that we do for not fun okay Okay. so last bit of news of course is the way that we close out any news segment where this sort of thing happens (laughs) and of course it's nothing more than the Rob watch ask not for whom the Rob trolls the Rob Trolls for thee. And now, The Rob Watch. Hopefully that clicking gets uh, silenced out by the stinger for The Rob Watch. So this is a follow-up from a previous Rob Watch, as many Rob Watches are. So about a month ago, Rob inf- The Rob informed us. I, I apologize for just calling him Rob, like a fool. The Rob informed us. That this, the cover of the uh, new Deadpool that comes out in stores this week, is going to be the last original cover he'll be doing for Marvel for the foreseeable future. After doing hundred 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 covers, I'm guessing he meant hundreds of covers, the last few years I'm taking a pause. I'm also not uh, continuing any interiors as I've put those on hold as well. G.I. Joe Snake Eyes and Creator Owned are on the desk. Now, uh, I haven't gotten... The full solicitations for February are not out yet, but Mm -hmm. I don't think G.I. Joe Snake Eyes is going to be coming out in February. But if it is, it'll be in next week's The Rob Watch. Mm -hmm. So, of course, uh, in addition to doing that variant cover, Rob The Rob was selling signed variant covers of it on his website up until yesterday. Uh, If you go to the site, there's a dead listing there, and if you go to Rob's Facebook... He says uh I stopped selling this book on my site and will be issuing refunds on all orders that were placed. I was involved as a third party on this one and regret participating. There are no signed copies of these books. He pulled and he was, them all. uh selling them at 50 a pop, extremely limited um 200 copies only, but obviously it uh, happened and then people were remarking, of course, to Rob about what happened. And Rob says, and I keep, you know, this is, this is shameful on me. I'll have to do my penance later. The Rob said, I got to do better due diligence in the future. Life is far too short in regards to, I guess, whomever the third party company is. Now, that being said, I'm very surprised that whomever this third party company is, that the Rob has not put them on the blast.
0: Oh boy. Give it time. I wonder if his lawyers are going to put him on blast.
1: Mmm, I wonder. He
0: seems very litigious lately.
1: Yeah, I know I know a lawyer to avoid. Just ask me and I'll tell you.
0: Okay, I'm writing that down.
1: Yep, yep. Uh, it goes back to what you had uh, mentioned before we started recording. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, uh closing up the news of course let's move over to conventions this weekend and it is a busy weekend of conventions uh there's the winter con in new york they call it a comic con there's very few comic book folks it's more of a sci-fi con but i only bring this one up because dirk benedict star of the hit film body slam and nothing else that i can remember he's <laughs> at that convention
0: <laughs> you done me dirty joe come on he was he was in Battlestar galactica and and one of the teams most likely the a1 listen
1: the only team that i care about is the b team
0: oh
1: so uh there's the dallas comic show in dallas uh texas a uh, big list of creators at that one al ewing uh, Trevor Hare signed Brian Stelfreeze, Cullen Bunn, and Sean McKeever at that one. Uh, there's the Southwest Florida Con in Fort Myers, Florida. That's going to have Jim Shooter, Al Milgram, and then on the from the world of sports and entertainment, Todd. Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff is going to be there. Native American Superstar Tatanka. And both B. Brian Blair and Jumping Jim Brunzel the killer bees and if they're not doing a photo op where all three of you are wearing the killer bees mask i guess they don't like money
0: i would never get a picture of taking because they could have anybody in the masks
1: right how do, well you would you would do the double photo you would do the photo of the three of you together without the masks on and then they would put their masks on and then they would have the community mask that everyone wears
0: oh yes the the, the herp mask um <laughs>
1: <laughs> like the sock that gill gave to bart when he had to try on shoes on that episode of the simpsons
0: <laughs> yep but uh then you could do you wouldn't know who you're taking a picture with you could do uh
1: identical sorcery and
0: nobody'd know
1: oh my goodness is that really the, is that the killer bees or is that the bella twins i don't know mm-hmm. i just don't know <laughs> uh this weekend though this sunday in our neck of the woods is the scranton comic book convention uh, featuring such comic book luminaries as rick leonardi and scott beady as well as from the world of sports and entertainment uh greg the hammer valentine
0: who i won't confuse with any other wrestler ever again
1: that's right every <laughs> time that we've brought this up in the weeks leading up to this plug <laughs> here todd has asked me hasn't greg the hammer valentine done something horrible and i said no that's all of his tag team partners <laughs> i'm sure greg the hammer valentine has done horrible things he's a professional wrestler who came up in the 70s and 80s but his tag team partners whether it be brutus the barber beefcake dino bravo rick flair and honky tonk man they have all done far worse things than whatever greg the hammer valentine has done
0: he lives in the shadow of their horribleness
1: that's right uh unfortunately todd and i will not be there uh i will be watching a jets football game because i hate football so of course i'm a fan of the jets and todd will be going to a three-year-old's dance recital i might have that reversed in my notes here i'm not sure
0: i i hope you do
1: <laughs> but there are two two big conventions going on this weekend todd
0: wait a minute bigger than the scranton con Who on todd who has a, a a website at not just a facebook page oh my god who's that? who else joe
1: listen they're using a weebly site it's 2011 <laughs> here in scranton give me a break okay the weebly
0: wobbly timey wimey site <laughs> out of here with
1: that okay so we've got wizard world bay area in oakland california right Ooh, yes uh, Ron Mars is going to be there in the world of, uh, uh, comic book professionals. They have a ton of folks that are doing a bunch of the CW shows. Uh, most notably Brandon Routh is going to be there. Katie Lotes, who I think that's how you pronounce, uh, White Canary's name. Uh, Neil McDonough is going to be there. Matt Ryan is going to be there and many more. Who's Neil McDonough? Uh, Neil McDonough is, uh, what's his face? Who was on, um what was it he was uh, and you know what he was uh the villain not merlin <laughs> not zoom eobard not eobard his name is escaping me now because he hasn't been on legends of tomorrow in a little bit
0: mm-hmm. oh, sorry I put you on the spot joe no
1: it's okay you have to do these things to keep me on my toes Damien DeHark.
0: Oh, okay.
1: Right. He's Damien DeHark.
0: Hopefully, he'll have the, the 80s wig when you see him.
1: Right. Uh, and also from the world of sports and entertainment, uh, Kevin Nash is going to be there as a precursor to his arrival in Cleveland for Black Friday for AIW. Supper Shredder's going to be there. Supper Shredder's going to be there, <laughs> as well as the aforementioned Honky Tonk Man. Mm. But also, Todd, at Wizard World Bay Area, the Rob is going to be there. Oh. But as big as a convention as that is, Todd, there's an even bigger convention that's taking place in Louisville, Kentucky. Galaxy Con is taking place. Surprisingly noti- in- noticeably absent from this convention is a certain Louisville slugger who's gotten himself into some trouble pretty much on a weekly basis for the last two months be that as it may <laughs> from the world of sports and entertainment people that are going to be there are dave batista double a art anderson i'm sure looking for david tosh daniel <laughs> tosh listen to me daniel tosh christian of edge and ricky the dragon steamboat mick foley and rick flair
0: is uh the, the dragon's alligator going to be there
1: no i don't think his the alligator no. and that's horrible for you to call bonnie an alligator how dare you
0: well, wasn't it an alligator in he the... did did have an
1: alligator to combat Jake the Snake Roberts, yes, but...
0: Okay, well then don't don't make me the bad guy, because he once carried an alligator, and that's the pay-per-view at a
1: casino that you showed me. I think you're confusing two different instances, because I don't think Ricky Steamboat was on that event.
0: Right? Th- he was anyway no. i don't know it all blurs together and it, it certainly leads...
1: does yes. now uh kane hotter is going to be there not to be confused with the demon kane or the monster kane or the mayor kane but kane hotter who played jason in a bunch of the friday the 13th movies yeah. george takei is going to be there do it and i made a george takei reference on adults with wrestling last week that nobody got so i'm you know i'll just live in this corner by myself sadly
0: <laughs> all right
1: uh christopher eccleston is going to be there
0: oh he's probably gonna be happily taking photos with the fans
1: well he'll be doing one of those things (laughs) but listen to this murderer's row of comic book folks tom okay ron Lim, my go-to variant artist for all the uh absolute carn uh uh carnage books tom Grummet, peter david j michael straczynski uh steve mcniven mark silvestri donny cates greg capullo neil adams jm to and salty keith oh
0: you just need one more for the trifecta there
1: i don't know who that is that person's uh all knowledge of him has been wiped from my mind
0: mm, i heard he was going to be at the show but he's running late
1: so. oh boy he ain't got no more work on his plate no one's holding any sort <laughs> of uh whatever's above his head
0: that's right he's not holding anybody's money hostage these
1: days <laughs> Well, probably is. It's just no one that we know of. Right. No one that we have a direct relationship with.
0: That is true.
1: So the links to all of those conventions are going to be in the show notes, along with a link to soon to be at soon to be or just, you know, soon to be com, Or anytime any of the shows in our network, like-minded individuals, uh, friends, family, acquaintances, and so forth, they put up a podcast. It goes up on SoonBeename dot Kind of your catch all. If you don't want to subscribe to all these pod catchers and exclusivities to certain pod catchers, and then everyone's finally getting on board to my backdoor RSS scam opportunity <laughs> that I do for all these other podcasts. <laughs> because people don't know how to upload mp3 files to their soundcloud site so i got to rip it up the MP, off the rss feed to actually get it in a playable site format size anywho
0: remind maybe, me to ask you how to do that
1: i'll i'll tell you how to do that even though i've told people how to do that and they still don't listen <laughs> longboxheroes.com this show that you're listening to longbox hero <laughs> longbox heroes after dark we've got discussions about the latest al's gals coming up i asked purposeful questions about football and uh if you're not a patreon we're gonna tease you we're gonna dangle a carrot in front of you of may- maybe why you want to be a patreon in 2020 if you don't already want to sign up today mm-hmm. uh puzzle warriors three profane arguments wednesday night wars and uh final wrestling place with my friends marcus and tim Uh, They do change up their scheme of what they're doing on the show, usually every two months. Uh, They're doing a scheme currently, and I say scheme, you know, format, season, whatever they call it, where they're talking about different matches that have been rated five stars or more by Dave Meltzer. And there's a bit that I don't want to spoil too much, uh, but if you are a wrestling fan of any size or shape or time frame or whatever, (laughs) where Marcus goes to the checklist... Of how a match gets to five stars that had me rolling when I was listening to it today. Arguably one of the funniest bits in regards to wrestling I've ever heard in a very long time.
0: I'm just going. So if you haven't
1: been checking out Final Wrestling Place, like I said, they change up their formula usually every about two months. Different theme, different everything, so definitely check they, them out. They do a great show, and of course, anytime the shows go live, I do put them up at soon-to-be-named-network.com, soon to be named Also, over in those same show notes are links to all the sales and freebies that are going on. As I mentioned, sadly, it looks like the days of new freebies has gone by the wayside. Uh, comicsology, I think what has happened is comixology is more focused and rightfully so about pushing their own originals than they are about pushing the stuff that's on sale which is fine because i can just go to say the marvel or the dc respective storefronts and kind of you know tool around and find links to stuff there but then when you get into stuff like image and Dark Horse, that don't have dedicated comicsology storefronts, it's a little bit tougher to find stuff. But I still do my best to find it. Uh, we do have a couple of the sales going on from Image. As mentioned, the Scott Snyder Charles Soul sale is still going on, as well as the Matt Fraction Kelly Sue DeConnick sale still going on. Uh, DC is having a sale entitled Back Issue Mania comma brother. Um... <laughs> So it's just kind of like a catch-all, hodgepodge of a lot of more recent stuff. And again, I always mention this, it's new DC stuff. Uh, It's stuff that's been released within the last several months, if not several weeks. And DC typically does not put their stuff on sale uh, anymore. So when they, like, they don't do like Marvel does, where the books come out. And then if you wait six weeks, you can buy them, like, at a buck off. DC doesn't do that anymore, so when these sales come up, I always like to make sure to point you, the listener, in the direction of such. Uh, Marvel's sale this week is on X-Force and X-Force-related stuff. Uh, If you are a comic fan of the 90s, there is an uncanny X-Force story arc that directly ties into Age of Apocalypse. That is part of the sale. It's collected as entitled... Uh, the Dark Angel Saga Part 1 and 2. You can get the whole thing together for less than $8. Highly recommended. Uh, one of the better X-Men storylines uh, where you don't need a ton of continuity knowledge going into it like a lot of X-Men stuff. Are you aware of Age of Apocalypse? That's all you need to know for the storyline. And I think a lot of people know about Age of Apocalypse because, you know...
0: I heard rumors about that.
1: Right. So all of those things are going to be in the show notes here. Uh, Todd, let's get into what we read from this past week. Where would you like to begin?
0: I would like to start what I was looking forward to most, Moonshine number 13, um, written by Brian Azzarello and art by Eduardo Riso. Um, I was, because I'm mostly interested to get your take on this, but basically this story is about Lou Pirlo and his the woman he's with is Delia. Um, he's on the run looking for help because he's been bitten by a werewolf. So they go down to which looks like Louisiana to get help from Delia's family, who she's running from because she has to maybe do something with this person that she doesn't want anything to do with. So they're like, oh, if you want help, you're going to have to go. And she's like, to heck with him. We'll go figure it out. And Lou realizes that to do anything – He's going to need money and decides to go through this plan of making himself look good and work his way up through the chain of like grifting to get some money. And then he ends up falling into with someone who may or may not be trouble because we we kind of realize who it is. That's the brief explanation of the book. But the the real part of the book that I love is obviously the art, but also the, the pulpiness of the writing that Azzarello does like him explaining his past and how he rose up through uh, the gangster ranks in New York and get noticed and how he's like, I could take these, how it's different taking cheating money off of the rich people as opposed to poor people to work his way up. I don't know. This is one of those books that I don't know how to explain every time I read it. It's, the 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 floweriness of the writing that i absolutely love um just like one of the lines where he's like well i i got to get the money the little bit of money off the, the 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 regular folk and then i can go get dressed and he's like cuz you always have to show up looking like you have money if you want money and i'm like just the way that shot and it's drawn and that that caption i don't know this book is one of those that i can never put my finger on how to explain why I love it, I just love it so much, and it's it's a werewolf book, which it, you know blows my mind. And I was just wondering, at issue thirteen, did you find it easily accessible as not I've not read it, read it, have not been reading it the way I have?
1: Yeah, I, I remember I checked out the first issue or two way 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 back when this began. Mm -hmm. And I did work some uh, time out of my busy schedule to read this since it was on uh, your list. I do try my best to do so when it's essentially a new number one.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And that's kind of what this is. Uh, Now, I I will also state this here as well. I am a fan of Brian Azzarello and Eduardo Riso as a team. I think Eduardo Riso is one of those, like, unheralded, unsung comic book artists. Not to say that he doesn't get his due, but I think people maybe take him for granted on how his style works so well in comic books, and we're, we're going to talk a little bit about that, about another artist a little bit later on here on the episode, when we get to some of the other stuff that we've read from this past week. But uh, they, there's a lot going on in this book, right? They give you a lot of information, but it's to do so to give you, um, I guess, show you the paths and where this story can go. Mm -hmm. yes it's a werewolf story yes it's also a voodoo story yes it's also a crime story like grifting and you know things like that so if you like books like criminal there's stuff in here for you uh if you like some of the stuff that they've done before in books like hellblazer or madam xanadu or stuff like that there's stuff in here for you uh if you like books like american vampire or the stuff where it's a lead of a specific monster, a Dracula, a Frankenstein, a werewolf, a mummy, or whatever that is, there's all those elements here. And it may sound, me saying this, seems like it's overwhelming, but it's not because they don't give you a ton of characters that all of these concepts are spread all over. Mm-hmm. You have Lou, you have his girlfriend. And then you have the character at the end of the book as, and the, and the three sisters, sisters, family members that's played a little loose. And I, that's, you know, something I get all my voodoo storyline knowledge from cloak and dagger. So
0: right. Not anymore,
1: but (laughs) no more. I don't, but I did. I did. Um, the only part that I felt a little, and again, I don't want to say uneasy, uh, was when uh, Lou was talking to the butler
0: esque kind of
1: the what you say? Like the butler, the guy who, who... the butler esque gentleman, right? Right. And the dialogue in which they were using to come out of his mouth. I'm like, oh boy, let's uh, this is 2019, huh? But right, then, but it... why that is and where that leads to made sense. Literally two pages later. I was kind of the same way,
0: but I also felt like immediately when the, and I'm just going to say, it, when that character showed up, I was like, this character is a lot smarter than he's making out to be. And that's kind of like, and also, even if it was, I'm of a different mindset, so I don't know. I don't know. I By looking at the color of my skin, I maybe have a different outlook, but I get that this was prohibition time and, you know, things like this kind of, You know, happened. So I don't know. Uh, I just look at it as I look at the time the story set in. But I also like that they're making this character out to be more than just the cliche, you know, uh, racial character that it is. So I don't know. I'm okay. I'm okay with it.
1: So I thought this was good. I'll definitely be uh, looking forward to this uh, next time it comes out. You just may need to remind me. I will
0: remind you.
1: Okay. So the uh, other book that was on my list of uh, things to be most looking forward to this week was Punisher Soviet by Garth Ennis and Jason Burroughs. Jason Burroughs, I remembered from a previous Garth Ennis book, Crossed. Uh, they had done stuff together there. Yep. So I was shocked to see, and I'm f- somewhat familiar with Jason Burrow's art style, but I was shocked to see him so... Um, heavily attempting to ape Steve Dillon's style. He's definitely trying to mimic him. And that took me out of the book a bit, because... And not to say they didn't do a good job and the art wasn't good, but the parts where Burroughs' art came through, I liked a lot more than the parts where he was trying to be Steve Dillon. Right. So again, that out of the way, um, you know, Punisher, he's killing people. It's Soviet mobsters. But he, the Punisher, stumbles upon a bunch of mobsters that he was on his way to kill that somebody got to before he did. Uh, There's a really cool bit in the middle where uh, the Punisher is infiltrating a movement of goods that the Russians are doing through a residential neighborhood. And how Punisher knows how they operate with the decoy cars and the dummy cars and how that whole car chase goes. Uh, It's very difficult to convey a car chase in a comic book, but I think they did a really good job of it.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: uh it's still in this day and age to see in a disney-owned company marvel to see such vulgarity and such gruesome violence in a book like this right and we meet up with the person who is ahead of frank and obviously it's someone that frank knows and it's obviously someone that we should know because they're on the cover of the book with the punisher but i don't know who that punisher is am i a dum-dum
0: I don't know who it is either.
1: Okay. I'm so, just guessing
0: that this character is the one that shows up in the book, right? Yes. I don't know if he has a past at all that I can think of. So I'm with you.
1: Okay. But I enjoyed this. If you enjoyed Garth Ennis' run on the Punisher at any time during the Welcome Back Frank days where it was a little bit more, you know, comedy gore or during the Max days where it was a little bit more gruesome, you will enjoy this as well just be prepared that you are looking at Jason Burroughs art and not Steve Dylan art, even though he is trying to do Steve Dylan's art.
0: And that's what it was to me. I'm I agree with you. Burroughs tries to, to, I agree with everything you said. And even if it wasn't Burroughs, aping Dylan, it would, whoever it would have been. There's just something about reading Garth Ennis pre Punisher stories that makes my mind want it to be Steve Dillon, And obviously it can't be. So that's always going to, nag at me while i'm reading a a punisher max book if you will so that was my only knock on it even though it was Burroughs apingham it could have been anybody i don't know that'll always that'll always be my book but it was fun like all the other garth Ennis punishers and i'll probably you know finish this story out that's all
1: i got and it's and and it's a mini series i have a, a punisher box as we were talking before about how we have collections and things like that this will just go right in with the rest of the uh Garth and his Punisher stuff that I have. Yes, so the last book that I added at the last minute as uh, if we were not busy enough of a show, uh Family Tree Number One by Jeff Lemire with art by Phil Hester. Uh, I did not read the solicitation text on this. It's a book by Jeff Lemire, so I'm buying it. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, and I think I would have done myself both a little bit better and spoiled pretty much all of the book uh, by reading the solicitation text in this. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's a single mom with two kids, a younger girl, and a teenage boy. Teenage boy is getting into some trouble. Uh, Eight year old girl is having some sort of skin condition, perhaps. There's a lot of mystery going on, there's a narrative talking about the end of the world. Uh, A mystery man shows up to the young girl, uh, gives her something that we don't see what's in there yet, and at the end of the day, it turns out that for some reason, the eight-year-old girl is turning into a tree. Mm -hmm. That is not explained to us, but we do get the return of a long-lost family member for assistance. The book ends on a cliffhanger. Uh, Jeff Lemire seems like the sort of guy with as many books as he's writing and i'm saying this in the most positive way that i possibly can that he has these wild ideas these crazy pitches uh that just kind of start out as like he wrote on a piece of paper little girl turns into a tree Mm -hmm. and he gives it to a company and they're like let's make it into a series and he does Right. And because he's so good and because he's so popular, he gets big name creators and big name publishers to put these books out for him, whether it be the Berserker Unbound thing that we talked about uh, that had uh, Mike Diodato, was it? Yes. Doing the art with him. Uh, you know, the the Joker book where it's like, hey, it's the same Joker story that we tell a hundred times where it's like, I'm a doctor and I'm going to cure the Joker. I'm going to be the one. And then <laughs> he gets great, like, Andreas Orantino to work on it and then little girl turns into a tree and he gets phil hester to write uh to, to to do the art on it i love phil hester's art man i i i love phil hester he's another one uh like 100%. eduardo riso whose art is so unique and so special that i think comicdom takes him for granted i agree and i i enjoyed this book and even before we got we got
0: the hook of what you know the little girl is turning into is the mother telling the story was like this is the day the world changed this is the way like you know like the like kind of sort of the apocalypse came we kind of we rode through it and here's what it is and i'm like and it makes me want to see and i understand how turning into a tree whether is she the, the the girl the only one is everybody what is happening like i want to see how that and the apocalypse in his mind you know come about and I don't know, just it had me even before the hook of the little girl is the tree. I I don't know, I, and I and I like Jeff Lemire, and him, my favorite book from his still is still Descender into Ascender. Um, but this you know I want to see where this goes. Jeff Lemire is like like we joke we and we I mean this seriously, you know he is the Chuck Dick, the modern day Chuck Dixon man. <laughs> You're just gonna get your money's
1: worth every time. Yeah, and that's not a bad thing. No, it's not. Nope. So that covers uh, what we read from this past week. Let's get into what we're looking forward to coming out this week. If you head over to longboxheroes.com every Tuesday around 5.30 Eastern Time or so, depending on how much I have to resize images. (laughs) Todd wants to send giant pictures of giant books that he's getting.
0: (laughs) Well, I have a lot of books this week.
1: Did you talk about maybe cutting down some of your books recently?
0: yeah but only in january i still have a a month and a half
1: right because you want to keep doomsday clock in there that's why you said january yes we put up the poll post which is a link to a link to all the books that are coming out this week whether you get your books in print whether you get them digitally whether you get them mailed to your home however it is that you get your books be forewarned be forearmed know what's coming out be ready todd and i attempt to guess what the other is most looking forward to coming out this week and todd has a lead over me of eight correct guesses there is less than eight weeks left in the year so i don't (laughs) think i'll be beating him but let's close that gap together ladies and gentlemen you're right so i have to look at your list and i have to ask you a bunch of questions sure okay what is big country Big Country is an
0: original graphic novel that uh, all I know about it, it had a Derek Robertson cover, which grabbed my eye in the previews. And then all I know it was, it was the back quote on the back, the quote on the back said, they say the old West ended in 1980. Well, too bad. It's 1979 in Texas when the sheriff who has to live up to his father and grandfather mixed up. And I was like, done. I'm in Derek Roberts cover. I don't saw some of the interior art. Um, a couple, like Brian K. Vaughn gave it the, you know, vote of confidence. And I just decided to grab it on a whim, being a Western fan, not knowing what it was. You know what I mean? Gotcha. So that's what that is. I think it's like four issues, but they weren't printed individually. This is the first time it's coming out. Okay. And who's the publisher on that? Um, I don't know off the top of my head. I'll tell you the truth. I just bought it and sorry about that.
1: No, it's quite all right. It just it was it was it's just big country. It doesn't say like trade paperback, it doesn't say anything right. else after that, you know? Right. And I thought right. it was the band Big Country with their song yeah. in a big country.
0: <laughs> right, right, right.
1: Um, so let's say book you're looking most forward to coming out is Batman White Knight presents Von Freeze it is not ah oh. it is uh the question book that was
0: my second choice i uh, to me still to this day that original question run even though it's not Danny o'neill writing it but it was drawn by uh dennis cohen is one of the most underrated runs of comics ever and so it always made me a fan of the question whenever he showed up so so
1: just back to the big country yes uh, it is published by humanoids right. uh it is written by quentin peoples uh movie writer studio executive he is currently executive producer and writer on marvel's runaway book oh satsbras not no more he ain't <laughs> surprise something like this didn't get pitched to marvel since he was uh Working on a Marvel show, you know?
0: Right. To tell you the truth, this is one of those things that you can totally give credit to Derek Robertson for. Because right. he only did the cover. And as I was flipping through the previews, that cover just grabbed me. And I was like, what is this? I need to read more about it. So the covers he are important. did
1: a TV show called Flash Forward from mm-hmm. a couple of years ago.
0: Not the comic that's on my list this week.
1: Nope. A uh, TV show called Unforgettable from even less than a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. i mentioned he did runaways he did uh the iron fist show on netflix ah and uh he also did uh, an episode or two of the inhumans tv show so let's uh kind of scratch that from his record <laughs> that's
0: right he was that was that was at gunpoint
1: <laughs> yeah But was under the look, rats
0: looking over your list of books joe is the book you're also looking forward to most question the deaths of vic sage number one no, it is not. Is it Immortal Hulk? No, it is not.
1: It is oh, it's the... Absolute
0: Carnage number five. I missed that.
1: Yep. Because again, I'm making my list. I looked at your thing, and I'm like, okay, I think Todd's gonna have uh, you know, not, without seeing your list, I said he's probably gonna have the question book, right? Mm-hmm. So I had the question book in my thing, and I was gonna have the question book too. And I'm like, oh, it's the season. It's the season. The series finale of Absolute Carnage. That's that's my book. But I got a question here, because I think that's going to be the book that Todd's going to pick. Then I saw your list, and I know you're a big fan of the White Knight's book. Yes. And I know that you're a big fan of the Mr. Freeze stuff, especially if they kind of do anything that's based on stuff that they did with Mr. Freeze in the animated series of Batman. Mm And that's why I thought that would bump question. Fair enough. So, while you're over at LongBoxHeroes.com, be sure to check out all the other stuff that Todd and I have done, whether it be past episodes of this show, past episodes of Longbox Heroes After Dark, the 2017 smash sensation Todd and Joe have issues. You could also check out our store, where you can purchase shirts and stickers and pins with our fancy logo on them, if you want more fancy items with our fancy logo on them, or shirts and apparel and all sorts of mess of things, with things inspired by the show everything from fish math to when did blank become a business to the soon-to-be-named network logo you can get any of those and all of those over at our t public store fish math
0: season will soon be upon us
1: that's correct as more and more long john silvers is close oh shh. don't ruin my christmas joe <laughs> uh you can also help us out of course by subscribing to our patreon Uh, This Friday when the After Dark comes out, we're going to kind of give you a peek behind the curtain of what we have planned for 2020 with the Patreon to hopefully entice more of you, even just to give us a dollar a month. Five dollars a month is great because that gets you After Dark two days before everyone else. And uh, as of this recording, it was some sort of Patreon celebration day, so all of the Patreons ended up getting After Dark the two days early as a thank you to all of them. Um, but also, you can help us out by purchasing any and all things through our Amazon click-through across the top of the page. We are quickly approaching the holiday season as Black Friday, Cyber Monday, and all sorts of mess of deals are going to be starting any day if they already haven't started. Use us as your go-between to getting your family the things they want for the holidays. Maybe you already purchased them. Maybe your family wanted a pack of Pentel Energel liquid (laughs) gel pens. Maybe someone in your family wanted a Star Wars Vintage Collection Hoth Rebel Trooper action figure. Maybe someone in your family wanted Volume 6 of Chikara theme songs, with at least 50% of those people still on the roster. (laughs) Maybe... Someone in your family wanted the date night, the date night version of Mike from the Michael Scott from the office Funko Pop. And I know for sure the hottest uh, thing that's going to be under your tree this year is going to be the Funko Pop based on current World Wrestling Entertainment champion, the fiend Bray Wyatt. Ooh. It's it's a good-looking pop. That's one I might have to break down for, but that's also one that I think is going to be a hot aftermarket seller. So if you're one of those things, Todd, is there a CGC grading for Funko Pops? If not, there should be. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk after uh, we stop recording about all of this. <laughs> I know. I literally have uh, grading talk circled and
0: underlined, and, but oh, I don't it's... have it highlighted, so I'll ignore it. Oh, there you go. <laughs>
1: I thought those lines were for someone else. Anyway. <laughs> Thank you, everyone, who purchased anything through our Patreon uh, or our Amazon link. Thanks to all of our patrons. Thanks to anyone who's ever purchased a shirt, a sticker, a pin, or anything of all the stuff that we peddle to you. But the main thing that you could do the most is share the show with someone. Uh, I know I poo-poo on iTunes and all these other sort of rating things. Um, And really the only way to get any sort of real movement on something is to get a whole bunch of reviews all at once. And I know from listening to other podcasts, as I do, if you haven't before, check us out through CastBox. CastBox is a podcatcher who was the first to uh, take on the new search method of what a lot of the other podcatchers are going to, which is they can search podcasts by keywords. Like if you put into cast box, Rob Liefeld, we're going to come up because we talk about Rob almost every, the Rob almost every week. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you type in, Doomsday clock late? Question mark. <laughs> we're gonna come. You're gonna find us, right? Right. We're gonna rock it up that list, right? So uh, again, Castbox not like a sponsor or not any sort of endorsement, but I did just recently learn that a lot of different podcatchers are saying we're going over to that method, and Castbox came out and said, "Hey, we've been doing this the whole time. It just, you know, we thought everybody else was doing it, sort of thing, you know." Right. Anywho uh not alone share it with a friend let people know where you uh if they're comic book people goofing around people having fun people point them in the direction of our show
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh so todd were there any art attacks this week
0: yes uh from fred chamberlain he uh he sent in a piece of artwork he said pick this incredible double page spread up from mike perkins at baltimore comic-con this series is a fun read and the art is stunning. And I later found out that this is the lowest lane, uh 12 part uh, series that they're doing at DC right now. And this uh, looking at this two page thread, it's, it's gorgeous. It kind of reminds me of like, uh, like the way it's drawn and inked and everything, like a little bit like Lieber Hamo kind of a style. Um, but obviously not painted. Um, but yeah, this is a thoroughly like gorgeous, uh little piece. Um, I don't read uh, Lois Lane, but Mike Perkins might might draw me for other books in the future because I really enjoyed this piece. So thank you again for sending that in. And I believe that was the only uh, art attack that we had.
1: So thank you very much uh, for submitting. If you are heading to a comic book convention anytime here in the near future, uh, you yourself are a burgeoning artist or you recently purchased a piece uh, from someone online, be sure to tweet it to us and tag Todd's Art Attack so we could share your, your work, your information, your beautiful pieces of art that you have with the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. All right, so... That is the end of the non-TV discussion part of the show, correct?
0: Correct.
1: All right. So if you have not watched the two episodes of The Mandalorian, and I pretty much think everyone has, and you don't want to be spoiled by it, we bid you adieu, and we will see you all here next week. Thanks for listening. Episode 477, Longbox Heroes. Now, Todd, mm-hmm. let's get into some discussion of The Mandalorian. Yes. So the first episode came out this past Tuesday, and then the second episode came out on Friday, which is going to be the regularly scheduled time that the show comes out.
0: Except for one week. I did look that up. Really? Yes. I looked up the, the schedule, and for one week it's going to be off, and and I can't figure out why. It's not near like a holiday or anything like that,
1: Um, but you I'm made looking, me
0: think that when we were talking about... Uh,
1: I'm looking at a calendar here. So, please forgive me. No, so I got the you. Sixth, there's the 13th. Now, according to the IMDb, uh for December, it has December 6th, December 13th, which are Fridays. And then it says December 18th, which is which a is Wednesday. A... Yep. And then December 27th is the season finale. Right. So, it's not that it's skipping a week, it's coming out two days earlier on that week, possibly.
0: Right, I don't know what I said, but I knew it was a weird, like... Yeah. It wasn't, I when you said they come out on Friday, I said, except for one day.
1: Okay, okay, I, I thought you said that like, it was skipping that week.
0: Or no, something. I My knew opinion. it was like a, a different day than Friday, and I don't understand, because that Wednesday, if you made it uh, the 20th, it's not like it's Christmas, you know what I mean? Right. So
1: I don't know, that's weird to me. Maybe it's just a mistake on the old Imdb.
0: Right, well, no, I'm on other... Pa- well, other pages probably get their information from Indiba, But, you know, like, that's... I found it on a couple other websites, so who knows. But, there you go.
1: The Mandalorian. So, when this was announced, I didn't need to know any information about this. Mm-hmm. It's airing on Disney+, Plus. just so that you're aware. You can get a free trial for a week. Uh, if you are a Verizon... Uh, unlimited cell phone person, or you have FiOS for your internet provider, you get a year for free. So be sure to check those things out if you qualify for those things. Right. It's a Star Wars thing. I'm gonna check it out. I don't need to know much more information about it. So I didn't get a chance to 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 watch it when it came out on Tuesday. Tuesday's a very busy day. It's a day I record a podcast. Mm-hmm. I didn't get a chance to watch it on Wednesday. Wednesday's a day. Where I uh, watch wrestling to do for another podcast. <laughs> and then Thursday is time when I do another podcast. So that window was getting real tiny of how long I had before spoilers start hitting me. Right. And I made it just in time. I did not. Okay, because uh, we recorded add outs with Wrestling last week early and it was a shorter episode. I had time and was able to watch it Thursday night. While you were watching some joke football game mm-hmm. off Limshaw, I was watching the first episode of The Mandalorian. So mm-hmm. uh hey, the pitch for this is what if there was an old West story in the Star Wars? Right. Bloody and we're gonna put an adorable baby Yoda in it.
0: Joe, don't you know Yoda's not the name of the species, it's the name of the
1: character who was that species? Okay, well, let me go look up on the official Wikipedia. beep, 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 Oh, the name of the species that Yoda is has been not told to us yet? Mm-hmm. Ever in the entire history of the Star Wars? Right. So it's a baby Yoda. Okay. <laughs> Don't you tell me no different.
0: It's baby Yoda. But the internet says that that's wrong, Joe. It's the monster, the doctor's named Frankenstein, not the monster, Joe. So it's those people. No, I'm with you. I'm only kidding. I just I'm tired of seeing that on the internet.
1: Now I will say this: I, being that I did not read a ton on this, I did have to go and ask my friend uh, Andy, who uh, is a professional wrestler on the West Coast, who is maybe the biggest Star Wars person that I know. And I asked him a very simple question, mm-hmm. and that question was: I've purposely not read anything about this where does this take place in the timeline? Right. To which he wrote me a novel.
0: When all he had to say was like three or five years after the end of Return of Jedi. (laughs) Like really, like he, I get, I know that would be like you asking me a doctor who question and I seven seven paragraphs later, but no, it's real simple. It's three, I think three years. I'm not sure. It's either three or five.
1: No. Okay. So he told me it's definitely five years after return of the Jedi, but one year after the empire's last stand at the battle of Jaku. Oh. It's, it's, de- it's definitely post fall of the empire, but pre new Republic. <laughs> the first order is forming in the outer reaches that this takes place in. Also, this is not the second of the Yoda kind. You're forgetting about Yaddle, who was on the Jedi <laughs> Council in the, in the prequels.
0: With, with that sweet wig, go look up that picture.
1: Right. And then he goes into how there's speculation that this baby is the child of Yoda and Yaddle, but he has no confirmation on this. But being that those are the only two of that species that we've ever seen to this point, uh, all signs point to it being, then he gets into the scientist which i'm going to get into here shortly uh uh, who gives the mandalorian his mission to go get baby yoda uh he says uh the scientist saying uh keeping it alive uh and on his outfit he has the camino cloners emblem on his sleeve so there's also right so literally my question was where does this take place in the timeline (laughs) if this is what he sent me and listen i greatly appreciate him sending this i knew if i went to him i would get a lot of
0: information
1: (laughs) get an answer a whole lot of answer right um so it's like maybe they think it's a rare birth or the baby itself is a clone and they're looking to maybe clone this species which is why they want it and all this other stuff And then I'd mention about how I was watching the TV and I saw a commercial for the next episodes and I saw that there was some lady protagonist in it and he goes, oh, you don't want to know about that yet. Because I guess he had a friend of his who was working on the set and he said that they were working harder than anything in the world to keep spoilers about this from leaking because a majority of this was filmed on like a sound stage. Like it wasn't like, it's a lot of practical effects very little digital effects and you know depending on how you're watching how many uh hdmi's right what is it pds or something right okay uh depending on how many of those that you're watching uh the show in you could tell a little bit more about how those uh digital effects are but with all of that out of the way i really like these two episodes a lot I did
0: too because Joe. I don't know if you know this. Westerns kind of speak to me. Yes. and this totally like to walk when he walked in the saloon, and you know the whatever the cantina whatever, and it just goes down. I'm like, and just all those like Italian uh, spaghetti western shots, like where he's you know be, uh, when the Bosks people jump him in the in the in the valley, and he's just walking, and all of a sudden he sees a shadow go like over a corner of his shoulder, and he's like. And they just go to the hand next to the to the pistol, and I'm like, "Oh my God! Did they make this for me? Like this this was so much fun, and I got to see them, uh disintegrate a bunch of Jawas, like the the vermin of the Star Wars universe." <laughs>
1: like and and again you say vermin but they send him on this quest to get the egg right right and then all they do is they just cut it open and drink its gooey nectar right they don't drink it so much as dip their paw in it and and wipe it on their face which is how a jawa eats apparently Mm -hmm. i don't know i'm not a jawa well let's just say that's how a Todd eats that's how a jawa eats it's all good okay now, I do have one nitpick about the show, and this is a 100% Joe hang-up. Oh, boy, these are my favorite. And I'm aware of it, right? And I understand that it's my thing that I have to deal with. Is it wigs? No, it's not wigs. It's when real people show up in Star Wars. Like Herner like Herzog or whatever? Like Werner Herzog or Carl Weathers. Oh, I was waiting for him to get, like, oh, like, you know, you get yourself a do-back bone, you got yourself a stoop. Right, right. So, when I watch a Star Wars movie as a kid, I don't have any real-world attachments to these people. You know, they're Han Solo and princess leia and luke skywalker you know corvette summer wasn't a thing yet i i i hadn't seen american graffiti or these sort of things and as the movies kind of went on into the prequels and you know they cat they did a little bit more big name casting like i knew who ewan mcgregor was and liam liam neeson's and, and windows right and samuel L. jackson and people like that but it was only like a couple here or there but you know at the time, it's like, okay, well, you're a real actor who's done a ton of other things, and now you're doing Star Wars. Same could be said for Alec Guinness, but I wasn't a big... At at five years old, I wasn't watching Bri- Bridge on the River Kwai. Right?
0: Exactly. That's like the only thing, and other thing I know him from.
1: Right. So I didn't have a frame of reference. I'm like, that's Obi-Wan Kenobi. Right? Okay. That's who he hey, is for wh- the rest of his life. You know, he right. didn't have a career before or after. Right? Why is Obi-Wan Kenobi in uh, the r- Bridge on the River Kwai? That's... that's right. And then when they did the new the the new Star Wars movies, uh, you know, I don't know who Diego Luna is or any of these other people that Mm -hmm. are are in these films just because I'm kind of like the only one I had any sort of somewhat attachment to. And this was a tertiary attachment was Adam Driver, just because I knew him from like a couple bit parts in Coen Brothers movies. Right. So not that big of a deal. But when Apollo Creed shows up in Star Wars (laughs) and is handing out mission discs to Boba Fett lookalikes, I just take a pause for a second.
0: What about Pusain and uh, Horatio Sands?
1: That didn't bother you? Uh, Oh, you know what? (sighs) Okay, so they were... uh... I know Brian Pusain was uncredited, but it wasn't until I heard his voice... I'm like, you're Brian Possein, you're not supposed to be in Star Wars, you're supposed to be telling jokes, you know, on a podcast or something. Right. It takes me out of the Star Wars experience, but I get get it that these folks, your Brian Possein's, your Horatio Sans are probably big Star Wars fans mm-hmm. and they look at being in a Star Wars property as a cool thing. And listen i get you man if i could be in a star wars thing i'd be in a star wars thing i ain't gonna be in a star wars thing and i ain't begrudging you from being a star being in a star wars thing but just so you know when you are famous for lots of other things and then you show up in a star wars things it's gonna take me out of the star wars thing (laughs) even just for a second like just for a second i'm gonna pause and i'm like something's wrong here
0: Mm, i think you mean a lot of stuff about star wars things yes gotcha now did you know who the ugnaught was
1: uh, yes. Okay. So I recognized the voice at first, but I uh, didn't quite place it. And then I looked at the credits and it was Nick Nolte.
0: Right. So you're okay with like a a, 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 bigger name actor or a well-known actor under tons of makeup and CGI.
1: Absolutely.
0: So Horatio Sands didn't bother you so much. Um, I cause don't he was a little too Horatio Sandy.
1: I don't think I could pick out a Horatio Sands bit or him in a lineup. I'm aware of who he is. And I think he was on the SNL, but I don't know who Horatio Sands is. I gotcha. I know who Brian Posehn is. No, I knew
0: who Brian Posehn Like he was in as soon as he pulled up. I was like, oh boy, good for him too. (laughs) Good for him.
1: Get that Star Wars money, man.
0: Yep, I agree. But like I said, I really liked the two episodes. I like... Uh, The Mandalorian, Batman climbing the sandcrawler. Yeah. Um, and literally like the doors opening, the windows opening, like on the old TV show, and he's just grabbing Jawas and whipping them off into the distance. Yeah. Um, but I did think in the end that the second episode was a ton of filler to get to the point that we find out that the Yodling, um, has the Force power. Do you know what I mean? It was like, we just, we, this is all this stuff to get the Mandalorian to fight the mud monster. And then we find out that he has the kid has the force powers and that's it. I'm like, I think we could have found out a different, I think it slowed down the the episode a little bit. Do you know what I mean? Because it was just him and the, the baby kind of wandering for a while. Mm -hmm. If that makes any sense. I don't know. I just, it was sparse. It was my
1: opinion. Uh, I didn't have a problem with that. Um, the episodes, respectively, I think the first episode was 42 minutes, and the mm-hmm. second episode was like 38 minutes, mm-hmm. like bell to bell, opening to close. Um, so I like that they are not going to the model of the Marvel Netflix shows where every episode has to be an hour plus. Mm-hmm. Like, no, this is all we need to say. And I saw some people saying online that they felt the second episode had like seven to ten minutes of like nothing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: There were times in westerns, man, where like like it was just dudes walking.
0: No, I get you, and
1: and I'm just saying. And I get where you're coming from regarding the episode was just set up to show that the baby has the force powers. But I think we knew as a Star Wars person that as soon as we see Baby Yoda, it's like, oh, he's got force powers. He's Baby Yoda. Of course, he does.
0: Right, and I understand there's walking westerns, but when you have 30 minutes of an episode, you should not have filler. I get you. That's all I'm saying is like, it feels a little wasted in it that you have the, and I don't mind the episodes being a half hour. I'm because people forget that each episode has like a $12 million budget. Like that's a lot for a TV show, you know? So I'm good with it. But just like I said, if you're going to run a half hour episode, I I don't want to see like filler if that that's all i'm saying like even eight minutes of filler so that means your episode was really only 22 minutes but i do like the fact that you know there's no real like big opening like we get right into it you know so but it was good i i still have a ton of questions about like the mandalorians themselves and like the steel and stuff like that but i am not emailing your friend because my eyes are sore okay
1: he is very knowledgeable on star wars fair enough he thinks i i I love andy a lot but he thinks star wars is real it's not doctor who come on (laughs) no star wars is enjoyable and loved by all Oh, shut up you all right so i think that closes things out for this week i agree Uh, we are this this episode sadly is going up late but we had a lot to talk about but that's okay
0: and we still have tons to talk
1: about off mic so (laughs) i can edit while we're talking no i understand and now the loop has been completed, especially if you've listened to After Dark already.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: In the correct listening order of the show. <laughs> all right, everybody, that closes out episode 477 of Longbox Heroes. For Todd, this is Joe saying thanks for listening, and we'll see you all here next week.
0: Remember, be a faucet, not a drain.
1: Ooh!